You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Chris Keg served in the U.S. Marine Corps for almost five years. At the age of 21, he was diagnosed with a rare degenerative condition affecting his nerve cells and was discharged from the Marine Corps. He began to walk with a cane, then two canes. His condition worsened, and he soon transitioned to a wheelchair. But with a new direction and a don't-quit-on-me attitude, Chris founded Core Fitness in 2004. He has developed programs like I'm Fit, a free fitness class for all adaptive children and young adults to practice the fundamentals of exercising together, as well as a mentorship program for adaptive athletes and a program geared towards his passion for trails. In 2007, Chris launched the I'm Able Foundation with the mission to remove obstacles that prevent people with disabilities from being physically active. And just this past July, Chris was inducted into the Adaptive Sports Hall of Fame for those contributions to the adaptive sports community. Chris, it's great to chat with you again. Um, I wanted to just start right off. I'll, I like to always ask fellow veterans the question, why? Why did you sign up to serve? Um, well, my dad, my grandfather, my uncle were all Marines. Um, so I was introduced to uh, the United States Marine Corps when I was a kid. <laughs> got a chance to, to, to get an early start. <laughs> so you kind of probably knew either you wanted to do that, do that or you had to do that, right? Yeah, no, actually I didn't have to do anything. My my family, they encouraged me to do whatever I wanted, but it's it was just great to be around, you know, my 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 dad, my grandfather, my uncle, they had so many great stories and so many different experiences that I, being a kid, I was it was very impressionable on me. Yeah, and so so when you did enlist, um what did you end up going into and what was your kind of what was your your military occupation while you were in the Marines? So when I went in, I went in when I was 17 years old and uh, listened to my recruiter um, and, you know, went into avionics. So I worked on EA-6Bs. So I was responsible for the tactical jamming um, system for the, uh, for the, for the plane. And where were your various duty stations? Uh, all over the place. I was uh, down in Cherry Point. I was out west in Whidbey Island, Washington. And then I was overseas in Aviano, Italy, back during Bosnia and Kosovo. I did uh, two tours over there, and that's actually my second tour is where um, my life changed, and you know my career was cut short then. Yeah, and I want I wanted to talk about that, but but before we do, like before before you were in a marine, like what how was sports integral or integrated into your life? Um, so I I, I was a very active kid, uh, played football ever since I was probably about eight years old, mm-hmm. uh, and then um, you know really didn't take care of myself too much when I was, uh, when I was in school, I was pretty much a fat boy. I was probably about 230 pounds my senior year. Um, just didn't really do the things that I should have been doing better. Um, so when the, when I, when I, when I joined the Marine Corps, that's when my life changed because, uh, they took all that weight off and then some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The army got me into shape too, but I wasn't quite that heavy. I was, I was, uh, like 180 tight end in high school. So yeah. 
<laughs> I was definitely at the the other end of the spectrum on that. So you play like tackle or guard, huh? I played center and defensive tackle. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yep. When you when you're when you're in that area, you're either a tight end or or, or on the line, right? So right. and um and so let's talk about you know how did you discover that you had this rare you know degenerative condition? What what was kind of the the impetus for or, or, or the, the impetus for that discovery. Yeah. So went out for a run uh, with a buddy of mine when I was over, uh, over in Italy, just getting ready for our physical fitness. That's what we had to do every six months. Uh, I had been playing rugby for the Marine Corps, you know, a month before that. So everything was fine. And I thought that, you know, nothing was going on. So went out, went out for a run to get ready and just noticed that my feet were starting to drag a little bit and felt weakness in my hip flexors. And, like for for the pit, you know, for like weeks leading up to that, I was feeling like uncomfortable. Like when I was sitting watching TV or you know just hanging out, I, I'd be kind of like a little bit un unsure of what was going on because I just felt weird. And then you know when I saw my my PFT went from running three miles in twenty minutes to running three miles in twenty six minutes. So we kind of knew something was wrong. So that's when they sent me to the uh, to the doc, and that's when I started getting checked. And. And obviously, when you have some sometimes you know rare conditions, it's it's tough to diagnose it. So did you did you have to go through a period where you were just trying to figure out what, what was going on? Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, they thought that I had a tumor on my spine or something more serious. So they sent you know to to Longstool, and then they sent me back to uh, Walter Reed, and I spent nine weeks at Walter Reed, getting spinal taps, getting blood drawn every day. I mean, mm-hmm. going through a litany of tests. For, for eight weeks, and then finally is when I was diagnosed. So about eight weeks is you – Yeah. Okay. And it, it was one of those things where, I mean, I I, I kind of I, – I remember the day where they told me, and to be honest, I mean, I'm, I'm – well, I was 21 years old, and to be honest, I, I was kind of like just relieved that they actually had a diagnosis. They had something mm-hmm. that they could tell me because I, I know people who you know, have something or – you know, they have no answer as to what is going on. So I was kind of relieved that, that I at least knew, but didn't really matter because I still had to deal with the fact that I was getting this when I was 21. Yeah. And, and what, what was part of that, that discovery on your end? I mean, like what, what did you, did you, uh, how did you take that? How did you handle it? Did you look at, did you do research on it? Did you? Did <laughs> um, so yes. Uh, but this is back in 1997. So this was back uh, before the uh, the heyday of the internet. Uh-huh, right. Um, I was going through like microfish and going through like encyclopedias. Some people are going to be like, what's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I got the diagnosis. But again, the day that the doctor told me, I said, okay, went back to my room, got my stuff and then went to the gym and kind of just like kept on moving. And then when I was doing research, I, I, I sort of got a little bit tired of that because that's not what I do. I'm not, I'm not a researcher. Yeah. I mean, and, and all the information that I was seeing really wasn't anything that said that there's a cure or that there's research being done. Um, so it was basically just, you know, information. And I, and I was still at the time walking around. So I was like pretty much fine. I just couldn't run. Um, so I got, I got a little bit tired of, of doing the research and, and, you know, digging into the medical stuff. Yeah, and research can be enlightening, but it can also be just depressing and disappointing. And <laughs> yeah, but I mean that that's that's something that I, I feel 
um, you know, very, very lucky that I, I, I had a good attitude and I, I really attribute the, the, the Marine Corps to that because the Marine Corps, you know, pretty much teaches you how to, you know, improvise, adapt, overcome and keep moving on, you know, despite your obstacles and challenges, because I, re- I really don't remember a day where I was just pissed off or depressed or, you know, didn't want to, you know, continue on. So I think that I had a pretty good, uh, pretty good attitude to start off. Yeah, you had a, there was a saying that I think one of your drill sergeants kind of said that uh, resonated with you, if I remember right. Uh, yeah, he he yelled out, uh, don't quit on me, Keg, while we were running. And that was that was day the day where I didn't realize it until later on. But that was the, the my defining moment because that, that was the hardest run I've ever done. It was the fastest run we've ever done. I mean, we dropped, I think, probably four or five guys out of our platoon. Mm-hmm. I kept I kept going. And as soon as I crossed the finish line, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a mantra that you still live to today, though, right? Don't don't quit, right? Yeah, exactly, and and th- and that's what I'm saying. I think that, that really kind of you know saved my life because it's like I had that attitude and that mentality that my drill instructor, Sergeant Hart, now Colonel Hart, uh, gave me. And and so, what was your path or your journey after that? I know I know that you ended up getting a degree and you started core fitness. Um, is that, was that inevitable or was that, uh, you know, how, how did you kind of, uh, end up there? Um, no, it was not inevitable because I thought it was going to be a Marine for my whole life, for my whole career. And now I had to kind of figure things out. So came back to, uh, to Berks County in Pennsylvania where I'm from, and then, you know, decided to go back to Penn state. So I went back to, uh, to Penn state to go to school, to get my degree, but again, really had no idea what it is that I wanted to do. Uh, so when I graduated, I, I had a hard time getting a job. Um, nobody was really hiring me. So I decided to hire myself. So uh, mm-hmm. I started to look at different organizations that were doing like fitness based classes. And, you know, I, I was very, very big on fitness and working out and stuff like that. So I started doing uh, classes where I would uh, you know instruct these people that were in my uh, work environment that I worked in. And I would just do this every night for a little bit, just do calisthenics, do just different circuit-based training. And I decided, hey, we can make go of this. So I got a chance to, uh, you know, be a drill instructor where I can motivate and inspire as many people as possible, which was awesome. And and so Core Fitness was born then, right? <laughs> core Fitness was born, yes. In uh, November of 2004, Core Fitness was born out of the back of my pickup truck. So I just stayed outside and that was the one of the things I, I wanted to make sure that I improved pe- people's uh, mental state as well as their physical because we were outside. And if it was hot, cold, raining, we were outside. We had a workout to do. We had a responsibility to, to get through that workout. So I, I taught people to be a little bit tougher. <laughs> well, and Berks County is a beautiful area. I know I've been there a couple of times. So I know it's just a, a beautiful area to take in a lot of uh, natural beauty and, and scenic yeah. beauty, but also history. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you have all the good things to say about Berks County. There's a lot. Of- <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, where did uh, I'm Able Foundation come into come into play? So, my doctor, um, that was uh, the specialist for my condition, was based out of Kennedy Krieger down in Baltimore, mm-hmm. and that's that's the hospital I went to. But it was pretty much a uh, a children's hospital. So here I am, 21 year old Marine you know, coming in and I was still walking and I would come in to see my doctor and I would see kids on breathing tubes, feeding tubes in chairs and beds, you know, and, and that, that sort of had a pretty, pretty big impact on me. Uh, and I, I really just wanted to, 
you know, provide them the, the, the chance to live a normal childhood like I did and, uh, you know, get on a bike and ride. Um, but then once I started to uh, go through adaptive sports and I, I finally, cause I, I, I finally got a hand cycle after not riding a bike for a year and then realized that how expensive, you know, being disabled is. And, and that's the, uh, the, the real reason I started Lion Mabel. I wanted to provide those resources for these kids to get them out and, and give them a chance to live a normal childhood. Yeah. And, and I think your, your, your point is very valid. I mean, it's, I think, I know, uh, we, we use this, the statistic where adaptive sports equipment is seven to eight times more expensive than, uh, on, on average than, than traditional equipment or other equipment. So, uh, so it is expensive uh, to participate in adaptive sports and recreation. And, and so what are some of the, uh, what are some of the sports and activities that you're able to do that in terms of uh, taking kids out and like, experiencing uh, sports and recreational activities? You know, so we, we primarily do cycling. I mean, I, I'm a cyclist. I, I mountain bike more now uh, than I used to. I used to road ride all the time, but now I mountain bike mostly. But so we do a lot of cycling, uh, but I, I really want to give the opportunity to everybody to do whatever they want. We've done like wheelchair basketball camps. We've done uh, just a, just different different adaptive things around my gym, you know. And we we also do uh, adaptive workouts. So that's something that I pride myself on because I had a fitness facility, and we would just love getting people with different abilities to come in so that I can you know come up with a workout and show them that they can still you know do something pretty uh, pretty physical. Yeah, is that where the I'm Fit class started? Because I know you did this uh, free fitness class. Yes, you offered. Yeah, so it, it, it kind of started back. I mean, I, I I pretty much get excited to help everybody. And, uh, you know, there was a, a traumatic brain injury uh, group from Lancaster. They would come over to my place once a week, and it was a hoot. I mean, these people, there was, like, I think there were seven of them. They would come out, and, you know, I would have to obviously modify their workouts. They were they were all physically fine, but cognitively, they, they, could, they couldn't remember my instructions from one minute to the next. So I had to adjust and, you know, just do different things, but I made it as fun as possible. And these people were smiling and these people were just definitely getting something out of being in that class. So that was where the start of my cognitively challenged classes that I did. And then uh, in 2018, I decided to, uh, you know, ask some parents, you know, what is it that we don't have around Berks County? And they said, well, my son, my daughter can't make friends. You know, they, they, they sit around the house, they do nothing. Well, I'm like, we're going to change that. So I created, I am fit, you know, a class to get these, uh, you know, young kids with down syndrome, spine, you know, autism, cerebral palsy, whatever it is. And then they could come out and, you know, be with some friends. And that, that, that has been something that has been so rewarding to see, you know, now we'll have anywhere between, you know, probably 15 to 25 people you know, coming out there. And these kids, are all different abilities, but they are smiling the entire time. And I tell my volunteers, if you're having a bad day, come out with us for an hour because you will not leave without a smile. I mean, it's it's so awesome to see these kids smiling. And we finished with a dance party, so it's just a fun environment that we created for them to uh, to really thrive. And you offer all those programs year round, or do you have a particular like? Is there a bigger season than than uh, than some of the others? No, to be honest, we I mean we have an eight week cycle. But we we pretty much keep it going year round just because it's like, especially during the pandemic, I mean, mm-hmm. these, these kids, the social connection is just as important as the physical. And that's something that we prided ourselves on, that the fact that we kept classes going through Zoom. I mean, just to be able to, you know, keep the conne- the connection going because these kids, you know, it's unfortunate. Their parents told me, like, nobody calls them for birthday parties. Nobody calls them for, you know, getting together and 
that 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 kind of that kind of killed me. So I wanted to make sure that we provide something for them to be constantly engaged all the time. So that was something that you know now it, it's just too much fun. We can't stop. I mean, we'll take a week off here and there, but nothing nothing major. Yeah. And and what are you uh, in terms of like your vision and and uh, you're kind of like you're up. Uh, you see an opportunity for for the future. What what do you envision? I'm able kind of either doing differently or moving into or expanding on. So really working on our facility, our facility, I'm going to have a, uh, you know, a, a base camp for all of our adaptive rides. I mean, we have some amazing trail systems around here, mm-hmm. especially off-road. So having a place where, you know, rides can start, rides can finish, people will be able to finish, you know, have a cup of coffee, you know, just to kind of hang out with each other, talk about the rides. And then also, you know, creating a, an inclusive fitness facility, you know, a place where all abilities can come and work out together at the same time. You know, so, you know, anybody with a disability can be working on the same environment as somebody else, you know, who's able-bodied and mm-hmm. it, just, it kind of brings both, both communities together. It's, it's, it's amazing. You know, everybody who's able-bodied sees me or sees other adaptive athletes working out and, you know, they get, they get impressed because we're not complaining. We're not, you know, whining about anything. We're just using what we have and getting out there and doing the best we can. So I think it's a great environment to get everybody up and moving. Do you have a time frame and when and when you'd like to have that uh, facility uh, built and up, up um, and running? Yesterday, <laughs> trying try to get trying to get that going in here very soon. Yes, that's, awesome. that, that's the uh, that's the, the 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 program that we're working on right now, and trying to find a uh, definitive home for us and you know a spot that's going to allow us to get even bigger. And I know you have a, a, an annual event coming up. You want to talk uh, talk about it? So we have our duathlon coming up. We, we actually, we have three big events uh, every year. And the next one coming up is September 18th. It's our, uh, are you able question mark duathlon? So it's a uh, chance for uh, adaptive and able-bodied athletes to come out, do a, uh, a run, a bike and a run. And they can do it as a team, you know, where one person would do the run, one person would do the bike and then another person would do the other run or however they want to do it. And then, uh, it's right over here in Wyoming, uh, which is a beautiful area. I mean, it's, we have a sprint distance and we also have an Olympic distance. So, and then we also have, you know, just the opportunity, you know, a, a bunch of our iron fitters, you know, cognitively challenged, but we're just going to give them the opportunity to get out there and, and just do whatever they can. So anybody who's interested, you know, we, we encourage everybody to come out and do what is best for them. So run, bike, run, huh? <laughs> run, bike, run. Yes. <laughs> you don't want to do a triathlon and just add swimming into the mix or? Well, we do a triathlon in May. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, we just finished up our 18th annual triathlon. Awesome. So that's their second big event. What's your third big event? Our uh, I Am Able Bash. It's our only non-athletic event that we do is uh-huh. drinking, eating, and dancing. And okay. That that seems to get a lot more people. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, right? Yeah. It's a good, it rounds out, the, it rounds out and complements the other two, right? Right, yeah. Well, congratulations first of all on on, on uh, being nominated and and uh, being the recipient of uh, and inducted into this year's Adaptive Sports Hall of Fame. I think um, uh, well well deserving. And it was great to meet you out at uh, Junior Nationals this year. So I just wanted to, wanted to mention that. Just the it, it's um, it exemplifies obviously the work that you do and and have done, uh, not only with the I Maple Foundation, but all, but uh, leading up to uh, you know all the other work that you've done. What are what are some of the other things that you're working on outside of outside of uh, the I Maple Foundation? 
Um, pretty much that's about it because I, I sold my gym last year. So I, I no longer have a gym. Um, so now it's I'm able just trying to figure out how we, you know, capitalize on being able to help more because you know, there's a lot of people who don't uh, do the things that we do. And there's also, I think, a big need. So it's 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 great to be able to figure out how we can expand and how we can reach more people, you know, outside of our area. So, again, I, I really I really commend Move United. I, I really it's been it's been a pleasure meeting all you guys when I was out there. But it, it, it's great to see the uh, the impact that you're having on so many people. And that that event, I, I unfortunately, was only out there two days, I think. Um, but it was it was amazing to see the uh, the uh, the amount of people that were out there. And it's 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 so reassuring to see that there's people out there doing positive things that are going to help you know propel the sport and you know continue that um, that um, that move to make sure that everybody's feeling like they're all you know part of the same team. Yeah, that two, that two days was enough to give you a good flavor and a good feel for yeah. <laughs> what goes on the other other five days. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that was that was great. I was I was so glad to see all the uh, smiles on people's faces. And and just and what and what about you? I mean, in terms of um, you know the the uh, the condition that you have, which I, I have a hard time saying, so maybe you can say it for me better. So did I. It took me about a year to to spell that thing. It's called adreno myeloneuropathy yeah, say that uh, say that fast three times right adrenal myeloneuropathy yeah uh, it's going to come out a little bit slurry but it's a, it's a genetic link disease that was passed away by my mom and unfortunately my two younger brothers have it as well mm. yeah. and 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 is it progressive i mean is it progressive or regressive or i mean or what's uh what what is kind of because i'm not familiar familiar with it in terms yeah. of and, and it's nerve related right i think yes yeah, it breaks down the uh, the the myelin sheath of my nerves, um, so it has progressed obviously to where it's at now. I mean, started when I got out of the Marine Corps, started walking with a cane. I was just starting to lose my balance. Started walking with a cane, then I started walking with two canes, and then within five years, I was in a chair. So it's it's been, I think, you know, getting worse over the years. I mean, I, I just deal with what I deal with, and I, and I you know have have so much stuff going on that I sometimes don't notice it. But I right. do notice I, I do notice that I have to pick myself up off the ground a few times, few more times than I think you know back in the day. So it, it does get a little bit worse. But just like anything, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to you know sit down and you know let let things pass me by. I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. That's right. You're not going to quit on us, Craig. <laughs> sure. Don't sure. quit, Craig. <laughs> Well, it was great to chat with you. Anything else you'd like to share? What's the, like, how do people, like if people just interested in learning more about I'm Able Foundation, what, what are yeah, some of sure. your website and your social media platforms that, that the organization is active on? Yeah, we're, we're on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and it's the org. the letter I, letter M, ablefoundation.org. I know it's it's a long name, but uh, and then you can also just type in Chris Keg, and I'm sure you know a bunch of that stuff will come up as well. And my name is spelled Chris, and then K A A G. Awesome, thanks, Chris. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time, man. Good to see you again. 